Welcome to the bonus day, Mission Discovery. And my hope in this process has been to take you into a space that opened up your awareness, opened up your insight, got you asking more questions than you may have had answers for about who you are and what you do in the world. As we've kind of remystified what it means to walk this path of an unfolding mission, not a problem to be solved, but something that's opening up. Today, I want to demystify things and I want to take you back to the ground. What do you do to really create a context around you so that there's a place that can come beside you and support you in your mission, in what you're doing as this unfolding experience of work is happening. And to get you to understand how this is going to occur for you, I just need you to appreciate the value of one word, culture. Culture or environment or context. What What is surrounding around the intention of who you are, what you want to do in the world? So we ask these big questions uh, in day two. We then looked at what it means to explore this from a high level with day three about the mystery of calling and intuition and spirit and whatever phrase you want to bring to it. Well, today we want to bring it to the ground. See, there's a progression as you think about what it means for you to be the kind of person you want to be, how you do your work in the world. And over and over and over, you're going to find in big and in small ways, limbo moments popping up. We've used this phrase over and over in this multi-day journey, these limbo moments, these moments where we're in between. It's between what it could be and what it should be, but what it actually is. And this is why people struggle in the small moments like we've talked about, a little conversation you'd have with a family member that no one else could show up and have the way that you would, and the big moments, a mission reinvention, turning a new chapter in your work or your progression of what you do in the world. And because these limbo moments are continually popping up, what do we do to bring us down to the ground and know how we can proceed in any limbo moment. Well, it comes to the fact that we get to be the people that shape the culture around us, the environment, the context, more than we have to be shaped by it. One of my first jobs, well, when I was employed by somebody else, I think my my first official job was where I made it up making jewelry in the ninth grade. But it was later in high school and I worked in Chick-fil-A. And working in Chick-fil-A, one of the managers, he was a thief. He would drop a piece of cheesecake in the packaging on the ground and be like, oh, well, it's dropped now. I guess I got to eat it. He'd drop some chicken sandwiches in a bag. Be like, oh, we dropped it. I got to eat it. That was the culture. So how did that spill over into me? I'd take an order at the register and turn around to fix somebody's food and shove chicken nuggets in my mouth. <laughs> I'm violating all kinds of health codes. I'm stealing. I'm replicating the culture that's around me. I'm being affected by the culture more than I'm impacting it. It's very normal for most people. Most people don't live to shape what's around them. They live shaped by what is around them. I would hand the nuggets out in the mall because that's where Chick-fil-A's used to be. And I'd stand there with my tray and my outfit, my uniform, and I'd give nuggets away and I'd look around and I'd eat a few. <laughs> it was terrible. And I know I'm laughing about it, but I was impacted by the culture more than I was impacting it. So here's what we're going to do. When you're in doubt, when you're, when you're opened up and you're considering who you don't want to be, 
what you don't want to do, what you don't want your worker life to become. Those big questions we asked in day one, when you're looking at those circles that we looked at in day two, when you're considering intuition, calling, mission, like we talked about in day three, if you're constantly walking around and open-minded and all these big questions, but never grounded on the earth, advancing something, you're going to be in trouble. Open-mindedness is a strength and it's something that's cultivated and most people don't have enough of it. But as we are open-minded, we want to be able to ground ourselves right into what we need to do in this moment, in this limbo moment, because I can't sit on my hands and contemplate and question my purpose every day and never take action. So while we've opened up the mystifying of this process, we want to demystify it, take it to the ground. And what these three actions I'm going to give you today, they're going to keep you engaged on the path when you're struggling, when you're in doubt, when you're uncertain, what you can do to actively shape the context and environment around you more than you are shaped by it. Now, the problem with these is these three actions, the reason they're so powerful to guide us every day is because people think there's a finish line to them. They think you can do these once and just finish it. The problem is that they're never finished. We did some landscaping at our house recently. And when I walk out onto the porch and I sit on this little chair on our porch and sip my coffee and listen to the birds and watch the genetic mutant of a rabbit play in our yard. I'm not kidding about the genetic mutant. It has a tail growing out its side. Tail in the back, tail on the side. Freakiest, weirdest thing. I need to get a video of it. <laughs> but when I'm sitting out on the porch, I can look at the landscaping and there was a spot where there was this big bush that had died. And I took that bush out. I don't know if you've ever taken a bush out of landscaping. A big one. It ain't easy. You may think it's easy. It's hard. The root systems are deep. And I have a brother-in-law who worked for landscaping. He's like, attach a chain to it and pull it out with your car. And I'm like, you're insane. I'm going to do some kind of damage to the house if I do that. I wrestled with it for like an hour. Finally got it out. When I go out and sit on the porch, I see that bush out of the landscaping. It's a beautiful spot now. Guess what I feel? Accomplished. It's done. I finished it. It happened. These three actions I'm going to lay out for you, what makes them so powerful is that you'll never finish them. They need to be done every day over and over and over and over again. You say, Chris, how is that so powerful? Because it'll give you direction. It'll give you what to do when in doubt, when in certain. The mistake leaders make is they think they can finish them. No, these are never finished. So as I walk you through these, what's going to be so powerful and beautiful is you can go on a transformational journey through these concrete steps. Action number one. Action number one. See, feel, hear the vision. So yesterday I shared with you the starting point of a calling, a mission, a revelation is to see, feel, and hear something. Okay. I'm taking it a little further today to say, this is how it gets concrete. See, feel, and hear the vision. Well, the vision of what? The vision of who you want to become. This is for yourself. The vision of what you want to do in the world. When in doubt, go back to what you want to accomplish. You say, what if I'm focused on the wrong thing? That's okay. The other content we've covered will help you. Some stuff I'm going to share at the end will help you. But still, see what is in front of you, even if it is a little off, even if it's wrong. Do I regret spending a decade in a career 
because I misunderstood a moment of revelation at 18? I don't. Because I took all that happened through those 10 years and it became something that has transformed me and made me who I am as a leader. It's made me who I am as a person. So over and over and over, I want to see something. See, here's the problem that happens in our lives. And this is why this is such a problem for people to keep it a part of their daily reality. It's a problem. That's why it's a problem for leaders. They wish that they could approach vision like taking the bush out of the landscaping. I'll, I'll cast the vision once in a meeting and I'm done. I'll say it once organizationally. I said, I love you when we got married. I don't need to keep saying it. And we do the same to ourselves. Why am I not motivated? Because I've lost some vision. And I need to see it get clearer. I need to see it rebirthed. Or I just need to go back to it. There is nobody in your life who can fully take the responsibility for your motivation other than you. If you make someone else responsible for your motivation, you've made that institution the center of who you are. It could be a parent, it could be a spouse, a partner, a company you work for. The minute you make somebody else responsible for your motivation, you've made them the center. Can they aid your motivation? Can they amplify it? Sure. But they can't be the main source of it. You say, Chris, I don't really feel motivated right now. Well, motivation is the fruit from you dialing in the vision. So don't focus on trying to get motivated. Don't focus on making another person responsible for your motivation. Go in to look for that vision to make your own meaning. You know, we talked about this idea in this journey about what it means for you to show up to the people that only you can show up to. Only you can be the person that is in relationship with your partner or spouse or love interest or a parent or the team that you serve. And when you express yourself as that icon that we talked about, that only you can be in that spot bringing that impact, you get to be the kind of person who learns to take responsibility, to make their own meaning, to see their own vision. And that's what supplies the motivation. There's a lot of different ways we could describe it. If, if making your own meaning is a word or a phrase that helps you, you know, how do you draw inspiration for what you're doing right now? You are seeing or feeling or hearing something that is driving you. And it could be fear-based. You know, most people, when they're living out whatever their worldview is, it's some kind of fear. Very few people get to a worldview that is free of fear Usually the worldview that follows fear is one that's anger-based and they're very reactive. Very few people get to like this third worldview where they find a way of making their own meaning, of taking responsibility for their own vision. And the vision will always drift. And just like it'll drift organizationally, it can drift from your own heart. So if you can come back to the vision when in doubt, Come back to the vision that you have. It doesn't matter if it's as fleshed out as you want it to be. It doesn't matter if it's going to change. I'm aided by the fact that in my 20s, I wanted to be the best pastor I could be. I'm aided by the fact that I could sight read the Greek New Testament by age 21. You say, how do those things affect my life now? Well, in a way, not really at all, but I was learning skills, meta skills that are playing out in my life. When you can come back to the vision over and over, you can focus and endure. 
there are people that want you to focus and endure for their cause. Are you focusing and enduring for what's in you? The best way that you can learn to make your own meaning, the best how I can give you on this, is to learn to reframe what you're going through. Because that's really what vision is. Vision is learning to frame, and then if necessary, I reframe. And I reframe and I reframe until I need and can see differently. And until you develop the skill of reframing, you'll always be less than you could become. Now, there's many ways to reframe a situation. You could take any leadership challenge you're facing right now, and I could bring about 7 to 12 of the biggest leadership templates and help you come up with new solutions, new ways to focus and endure, new ways to have a vision. But I'll tell you, there is one reframing that unlocks all the rest. When you can reframe a situation and separate who you are as a person, your identity, from the roles and the relationships. When you learn to reframe things like that, you don't have to be dominated by your feelings. You don't have to deny them. You're aware and learning from them. You don't have to be caught up in any kind of shame, any kind of narrative that's driving you away from the calling and the intuition of your mission. Over and over, it's our joy as leaders to lead ourselves first and then lead others by coming back to the vision. That's action one.